all the time, God is good, you know. And I want to just uh, kind of piggyback off what Pastor Michelle was saying, because this is important. We were talking about the authority of the believer uh, on Wednesday night. And that was a very, very, uh, uh, it's a powerful message. It's one that every one of you guys needs to understand. Because, you know, people always wonder, why is it that bad things happen in this world? And, you know, why do people do things like murder? And why do people do things that cause, you know, that we would say are evil? And it's because of demonic oppression, not demonic possession. There's a difference. Demonic possession would be where the demon possesses you and forces you to do it. Demonic oppression is where you are oppressed or influenced by an evil spiritual influence to do something wrong. And you can be, any one of us can fall into that if you choose to allow it. But see, we've been given the authority in the name of Jesus to not allow it. Guys, and you got to understand Matthew 18, 18, where it says that we bind and loose some things. You need to be binding the devil in your life. I don't care if it's a hundred times a day. You want to know why people fall into temptations? They don't bind the devil and they yield to that demonic oppression, that influence that influences them to participate into the sin. Right, But you need to understand your authority and the righteousness and the dominion that you have that was paid for by the blood of Jesus. And when you stand on it, you stand and you bind the devil. Every time a temptation comes on me, because I'm just like you, we get tempted to sin. I didn't mean to go here, but this is where the Holy Spirit's taking us. Every single time you have to respond. Are you going to participate? Are you going to yield to it? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? And I'm going to tell you something. The best thing you can ever do is stand on Matthew 18 and bind the devil. I bind him. I bind him over my family. I bind him over this church. He can't operate in this church. Devil, I bind you. I lose a demon. I lose a legion of angels to protect each and every one of us. You cannot operate in this house. You will not in this place, on this property. You cannot in any way. You need to do that in your life. In the name of Jesus. You always use the name of Jesus. Right? Glory to God. I remember, well, I remember, well, I'm going to get into that. I think you guys get the point. Guys, it's very important. This isn't a joke. It's not a joke at all. You got to get it. All right, let's back to favor. We're talking about favor. Glory to God. All right, so, uh, Oh, I got time. Look, man, I looked at the clock. Let me flip back here, right? <laughs> Glory to God, y'all getting me for a good... No, we're getting this really good here. I do want to do our confession. I wasn't going to do that, but I do... Do we have it back there, Jeremy? All right, guys, we're going to read this. Now, I'm going to let you just read it this time, all right? But we're all going to read it together, all right? I went back and listened. I thought, what was I doing? I mean, you know, it's right there. I don't have to repeat after me. You can read, I hope, right? All right, so let's go on. Let's do our confession. I am blessed and highly favored. Father, I call those things that be not as though they were, just like you did in Romans 4, 17. In the face of sickness, I call my body healed because of 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes you were healed. In the face of lack, I call all provision Come to me because of Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Father God, I call your favor to be on me in every area of our life. Listen, that's just... Do you agree with that? Amen. Amen. Right. Now, what did we do? 
Roma, remember Isaiah 55, 11? It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it to do. We sent our words out, guys, to do something. And so and we expect it because of our faith that it's going to happen. Amen. Now, and please don't meet me at the door and say, well, pastor, that's God's. God's, that, God's saying that's for him, you know. No, well, yeah, that is in that particular situation. But you need to go on and read Ephesians 5, 1, where it says we are to be imitators of the Father. Right. And you've got to remember what the Father was doing, right? He, when, when, when he, Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God, he was teaching us what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, how to live, how not to live. Come on, we are to follow his example. That's why Jesus says, greater works you will do because I got to go be at the right hand of the Father because I have, I'm about to shed some blood to redeem you guys and put you back in right standing with your Father and now you're going to be made righteous and I'm going to the Father to be sitting right there to intercede on our behalf because now that you are righteous, you can boldly come to the throne and get your prayers answered because when you present a prayer of faith, I graciously take it to the Father and it manifests in your life. Glory to God. And that's what we're doing, guys. We formed a belief in the past weeks, that God wants to treat us with favor. We confess that belief, and now we are going to act on it by expecting it. I'm going to tell you, when I, was, when I was getting this, guys, it took me a little while, you know, because, you know, you, when you first come to Christ, you start, think, trying to, you start trying to analyze Christ uh, logically. He's not logic. It's not like To live by faith isn't logical, because faith sees the unseen, and your faith believes that, 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 that you can believe and bring it into manifestation in your life. It's just like that vision for this church that God gave us for this church. Now, we can't see that vision, but what's going to bring that vision to pass, of course, is you guys and our faith. Our faith is always working on things that we can't see. That's why God calls those things that be not as though they were. You know, it's just like when, he, when God formed the earth. He saw it in his head first, and then he spoke it into existence, right? If God's got faith, I got faith, and I'm, that's the way we, it's not, but it's not logically. And so I, as I kept diving into this and kept studying this, and, and, and then the Holy Spirit kind of yanked my chain and said, hey, you know what? Quit trying to figure me out, Right? And I'm going to tell you, I'm very loyal to those that are over me. When I'm, when I'm, I submit to whoever I'm following or whoever I'm working for. And I do that for a lot of reasons, just because out of respect for the wisdom they have for being in the position they're in. But I also do it because I'm sowing that into, into, into my life so that those people that work under me will also, I will reap the benefits of that, right? So they'll respect, respect me and be very loyal. But part of being loyal is I'm gonna, if they can prove to me that something's mine or I can have it, then you're going to have a hard time convincing me that I can't. And when the Holy Spirit showed me that God wanted to treat me with favor, special privileges, man, it was on. And I have spent our entire life, have we not, fighting and believing God. Not fighting, just declaring and confessing the favor of God on our lives. But I determined that day, if I can have it, I'm going to walk in it. And I began to confess it. Why am I being passionate about this, guys? Is I want you to be confessing yeah. the favor of God over your life. Amen? Glory to God. And man, I'm going to tell you something. As a parent, you need to declare it over your children. That's right. It's what, you know... I'm just going to say we haven't had any trouble with our children. Very, very, very small problems with our children. Very small. 
And I'm, I'm happy to say that. But now that's because it took a lot of work. It took a lot of praying. It took a lot of declaring. It took a lot of confessing the favor of God in their lives as well as in our lives. Guys, parents, you need to be declaring it over your children and expect it to happen. Glory to God. Because we declare it over this church and God never ceases to amaze me. Come on. In the opportunities that come our way. Guys, you've heard the testimony after testimony after testimony. And guys, I wanna, I'm, I'm, my challenge to you is to start confessing this. If you, if you don't make your own confession, use that one, right? And just see what God will do for you, right? And, and guys, it's not something you do. Or it's not something you try. It's something that you do. Right. right? And we established this on Psalms 512 where it says that God wants to surround us with a shield, all right? of favor, protecting us. And then Genesis 12, 2 out of the Amplified Classic where it says, I will make you a great nation and bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Blessed to be a blessing. That's what God wants us to be. Now, I have driven that home for the past five weeks. I'm not going to re-preach that again, but I'm going to give you some things, guys, today. I'm going I'm to make it really short, but I'm going to give you some things that you need to increase in God's favor. Everybody say increase. Increase, increase is good, right? Yes. Yeah. That was kind of weak. Come on. If your boss comes in Monday and says, I'm going to increase your salary by $1,000 a week, I bet you're bouncing around that office praising him, right? Increase is good. Not, yes. not increase in weight. I will say that someone pointed out that my belly was pudging out when I wore this T-shirt this morning. I won't say who did that, but maybe they'll win their football game next week. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we can increase. Increase is good, right? Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And if Jesus can increase in favor, we can increase in favor. Amen? You should be increased. But you got to be expecting it. you got to be looking for it. I'm going to tell you, you got to be looking for it. Go over it to God. And you know, well, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm watching the clock, guys. I can, get in, I, I can give you story after story there, but uh, I'm watching the clock. I know we want to get outside. All right, so let's see how that's going to, let's talk about how that's going to happen. I'm going to give you six things, guys, today that will help you increase in God's favor. Now, I was only going to give you five, but uh, I'm going to give you this first one. And the reason I didn't have it originally on my list was because I just, this, when, when you hear this one, it should just be logical. You, you should, it should just be, it's fairly simple. But, you know, the Holy Spirit moved on me about two months ago and told me to, to slow down and stop teaching as if everyone understands it already. And I was like, wow, is that what I've been doing? And I was like, he was like, yeah. Instead of trying to get five points in, put one in, and maybe that point needs to go two weeks, right? Well, we're not, not today, but anyway. So, they, they, that's, so I put this on my list, right? And this should be a no-brainer, right? And the first thing that you need to know about increasing God's favor, or let me just say this, or just having God's favor operating in your life, right? Come on, these, if you're not doing any of these things, God's favor is not going to operate in your life at all, right? I don't care how much faith, or you can believe until Jesus comes back. If you're not doing these things, right? Come on, it's not going to happen. It's just not, because you've got to remember, God wants to treat you with favors, but he wants to know that you're connected to him. Come on, you're pursuing his heart. Come on, you're pursuing what he's doing in this earth, which is establishing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we all play a part in making that happen. And you know, your heart has got to desire people because his number one desire is people. 
Come on. He knows your heart. And if you're not fully connected to him, you can might as well forget all of this. So you need to go back, check yourself, check your spirit, and make sure you're connected to him, right? Come on. But the first thing you need to do is you got to be obedient. Everybody say obedient. Obedient. Now, I know that's a word everybody hates today. I mean, you know, especially I was talking with, well, people don't like that word about being obedient, submitting to your boss, submitting to your parents, submitting to your teachers. But let me tell you something. People who are disobedient don't walk in favor. They will not walk in favor. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be obedient to what God's telling you to do. In other words, when he instructs you to do something, don't hesitate. Let me tell you, the number one way to miss God is to hesitate when he tells you to do something. Because what you do is, and you're not, you're not looking for an audible voice. Come on. You, you're, God's voice is just that, that's that nudging on the inside. If you're hearing audible voices or you're seeking God audible voices, come on, that's, that's demonic. Right? You need to avoid that. You're not seeking an audible voice. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that God's going to lead us by a voice. But it says that he's going to lead us by what? The Holy Spirit. Right? So we got to learn his voice, which is that nudging on the inside, that peace. That peace to do or that peace not to do. That's, you got to learn that, guys. you got to learn it. Amen. But you, and, 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 and when he tells you to do something, guys, do it instantly because if you don't, you're going to overanalyze, you're going to bring logic into it, and you're not going to do it. Just like I remember one time, Michelle and I were at a restaurant, and I went to the bathroom, and uh, I won't go into detail there, but when I got out of the bathroom, I'm coming back, and I'm walking to the table, and I just felt impressed in my heart to, 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 to bless this person. I didn't know this person, didn't know who it was, and um, I, uh, I didn't do it. And that's very uncommon for me. I just, I, I thought about myself because he was well-dressed. And, you know, it didn't look like he needed anything, this, that, or another. And, and you know, I just looked at him and said, he don't need. You know, it was like, it's like $40. Give him the $40 that I had in my pocket. And uh, I didn't do it. And so I walked on. I, I thought about it too much is what I did. And then, so I went back, sat down, and didn't even, never said anything to, to Michelle or anything about it and all this. And so he went on to eat and the man tried to, to slip out the door without paying his meal. I'm watching. I could see all this unfolding. And uh, come to find out, after talking with the people at the restaurant later, he didn't have the money to pay. And he was going through some mess. He was going through some stuff. You see, God knew this, and he moved on my heart to do it, but I overanalyzed it and put logic in it. I was like, I looked at his clothes. He don't need no money. He didn't need money. He had a little kid with him. They say, hey, say, hey, you know, why would he need my 40? I'm not doing it. I'm not going to interrupt his meal and give him 40 bucks. What's the point in all that? When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, do it. Act. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you can't give someone $40 in a restaurant that you have in your pocket because the Holy Spirit's telling you, how are you going to move to China when he says, move to China and save the world? Or move to Japan and save the world? <laughs> Amen. So be quick. Be quick to obey. Now, the second thing that you need to do, and this is a big one, guys is you've got to create a desire for the truth. A desire for the truth. What am I talking about? The truth of God's word, right? And a lot of these are going to be geared around that, but you've got to understand this is important. You have to create a desire for it. Remember, we have free will to choose, 
what you're going to participate in, what you're going to do, what you're going to watch on TV, what you're going to read. And if you don't create a desire for it, that desire doesn't magically happen. It's not going to magically happen. Amen? Because you have worldly influences fighting for that same attention. And you have to direct where your attention goes. So you have to create that desire. Right? So now look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. And gosh, there's so much to preach out of this. This whole chapter is actually on trusting God. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll start out. I'll, we'll end up where the Holy Spirit leads us to end up. Because this you could preach so much on this. But Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in chapter 1. But you've got to create a desire for God's word. If you don't create a desire for God's word, this world will put desires in you. And that's what you'll be desiring instead of God's word. It's not going to magically happen. Right? You have to create it. But look what it says, beginning in verse 1, out of the New King James. It says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Now stop right there. Because this is the first step to where we're trying to get to. And where we're trying to get to is in verse 4, where it talks about finding favor. Right? In verse 1, 2, and 3, is just the process to get there. Right? So the first thing that it tells us is, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Now, what is he saying right there? Well, we know that when, when he's talking about your heart, he's talking about your spirit. Let your spirit man on the inside keep my word. Not, he's not talking about commands as in orders. He's talking about his word is what that means right there. And if you do that, look at verse 2. You get benefits that come from that. It says, verse 2, for the length of days and long life. How many want long life? I'll take it. Glory to God. And peace they will add to you. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to keep the word of God in your spirit. And it goes on, verse 3, it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. And here we go again. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, how are you going to write them on the tablet of your heart? Talking about write, getting them in your spirit. Read the word. Speak the word. Confess the word. The words of your mouth. Glory to God. You got to, guys, I'm going to tell you something. You speak what you believe. You, you don't believe that? Just watch what, uh, watch what, just, just watch the wrong person stub their toe when they don't have any, when they don't have any shoes on. There'll be words coming out of their mouth because they, they, they're in the world and that's what they, that's what they believe. And they, they believe that's how you should respond to life is you just cuss that chair till there's just, I guess it disintegrates. I don't know, you know. And if you want to know where you are, just see your response. Now, I'm not saying we're all perfect, but you got to understand where you are, right? Yeah. Come on. you got to train your spirit to respond from the word, not train your spirit to respond from the world, right? right? In other words, <laughs> what I do, and this is just me personally, and because, you know, I grew up in the world. I could cuss like a sailor if I wanted to. And, you know, it's hard to get that stuff out of you. Even, as, even today, there are times I have to work on that, guys. And, you know, it, 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 that's why, aren't you glad the process of sanctification is, takes your lifetime to walk it out? But I'm just, point is, is I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, right? But what I've trained myself to do, <laughs> it sounds really stupid, but I, if I stub my toe or anything like that, I try. And for the most part, I'm always, I just immediately, glory to God. I guess I'm praising that chair for breaking my toe. I don't know. And I'm crying, crying, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You know, <laughs> but what am I doing? I'm training my spirit to respond from the scripture and not respond from the flesh, not respond from emotions, not respond from feelings. And even though it hurts, right? 
But he goes on to say, so you want to write them on the tablet of your heart by confessing the word, feeding on the word. And if you do that, it says you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now that word esteem right there, if you go back to where it's translated from, that word means success. How many like success? Amen. We all want to be successful. If you don't want to be successful, mm, we need to talk. Glory to God. You need, God wants you to be successful. Amen. So if you do those things, you're going to find this. And I love this. He goes on. Yeah, I got to keep going. Because if you, once you get God's favor uh, operating in your life, look what it says in verse five. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The favor of God will direct your path. When you, when you got, when you put him first and you create a desire for him and you acknowledge him first in everything in your life. Come on, there's so many people that are wandering around lost and it's because they hadn't put a priority on God in their life. They're trying to do what they want to do and then include God in on the equation and it's not working out very much for them. goes on and says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Come on. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord is not the, 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 the feeling of fear, the emotion of fear. Fear the Lord is the reverence. That's why I couldn't bring myself to preach in just a t-shirt this morning. I had to put my jacket on. Even though it's a fun day and we're going outside and all that. Why? Because I have a reverence for this house. This is God's house. And guys, if you'd have went through what I went through and should be dead right now at this very, I understand the importance of who, whose house this is. And I honor that. I'm not saying you've got to wear a three-piece suit, even though I love the suit that Barry is wearing today. I, 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 I was very impressed in that. You know, He honors the house of God, right? And I'm not criticizing anybody. That's what we do. You do what you want to do. Right? But I have a great reverence for what God has done in my life, and he knows it. Amen. Glory to God. And he goes on and says in verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Now, how are your barns going to be filled with plenty? Well, they're going to be filled because you honor them with the first fruits, but God's favor operating in your life creates opportunities, and that's how that comes to pass. Amen. So the point is, that, guys, you've got to create a desire for God's word, and you do that by keeping it before you. Keep God's before. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8. He said, said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Guys, you've got to create a desire for that truth because if you don't create that desire, the world will put desires into you, and then you will be constantly pursuing them, right? And I use the illustration all the time of, of just beer because... You know, and I'm not, this isn't a sermon to say don't drink. That's, that's for another day, but I'm making a point. The taste of a beer can out of a gas station, to me, tastes terrible. And most people, the first time they drink it, if they'll be honest, don't really like it. They acquire the taste. And they acquire the taste because they repeat the action. They repeat the action, then they like the feeling. And that's how, it, that's how it happens. And that's how they end up doing that. Is, and it, it, that's how some people fall into addiction. That's how, but then there's people that just do it socially and this, that, and other, and all of that. But what happened is they created a, des- a desire for it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you've got to create a desire for the world. I mean, for the word, not the world. Amen. You got that, right? The word, not the world. Glory to God. Look, do that. Create the desire and watch God's favor increase in your life. Increase is good. Now, Go with me to Psalms 119. We're going to point out the next one. We've still got plenty of time. Good. Psalms 119. The next thing you need to do is consider your ways. Now, this is a big one. And let me just say this, guys. 
Some of this stuff that I'm pointing out, we're going to be looking at 58 and 59. If it gives you a gut check, I'm not here to condemn you or anything like that. But you always have to be able, and I've said this since the beginning of the church, you've always got to be able to humble yourself and look at your life and correct yourself. If you think you've arrived or if you think there's not anything in your life that needs to change or needs to adjust, you're in trouble. There's a thing called humility, and we all should have it. I still do this daily. And let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit gives, brings something to your attention you need to adjust, adjust it. Adjust it, guys. Because a lot of people aren't adjusting. A lot of people are living their lives and, and, and they're getting little red flags in their spirit about things they're doing and they're ignoring them because their flesh likes doing this, right? And they're not changing anything and then nothing happens in their lives. All right, so we're talking about consider your ways, right? Now, verse 58, the psalmist is saying right here, uh, well, let's just read it. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Now, stop right there. The psalmist is, what he's, that word entreated means to beg. So, and you put this in context and understand the psalmist, he wants the favor. He wants God's favor. He wants, he wants it with his whole heart. He's begging for this. He wants it. He understands what it'll do. And he, he's begging for it right there. And then verse 59 is going to tell us what he's got to do or what he does to get it. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. Some translations say your, your, uh, your word, right? And guys, he thought about his ways. Consider your ways. Consider Because your lifestyle has got to be pleasing to God. I'm not here to, here to criticize your lifestyle. That's between you, the Holy Spirit, and God, Right? Come on, I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm going to tell you the truth of the word. And the truth of the word says that your lifestyle matters. It matters a lot. And you need to be able to take inventory of how you handle things. What are you involved in? Where are you going? How are you speaking? How are you treating people? How are you treating your wife? How are you handling your boss? How are you handling your employees? All of these things. Are you one of these that likes to get in with a group of guys and then all of a sudden this magic foul language that magically starts to come out of you? And, 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 but when you come to church now, it's like, oh, you're just a saint, you know, and all this. Come on. How's your lifestyle? Because, I mean, just say that's not pleasing to God, guys. You've got to correct them. And you've got to do like what Pastor Michelle was talking about. Take authority when you got to, listen, when you got something influencing you like that, you take authority over it in the name of Jesus. You get them out. You bind them. Go back to what I was just talking about. You bind the devil. You bind him. He can only operate in your life if you give him prev- if you give him room. You use the name of Jesus and you, nowhere in the scripture does it say we have to fight him. It just says that we have to bind him and it says we have to resist him and he will flee. And that's all you got to do. And we have been given everything that we need, which is the word of God and his name. That name, glory to God. Woo, praise him, praise him, praise him. You bind him, you get him out and you take authority over him. Now, the fourth thing that we need to do is you need to learn to consistently seek God. And we, I'm kind of going through these quick, guys. Right? Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. I changed my font by accident on my iPad, so I'm going a little slower here. Verse 33. And I will get to fixing that later. Verse 33. All right, so we're going to learn to constantly seek God. 
He says, hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain from it. That's one that could preach for days today. People don't want to be instructed. They want to do what they want to do. I have the right, right? Verse 34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Verse 35 is where we want to get. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Guys, you've got to always, 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 and let me say always, be seeking God. And you've got to keep your spiritual ears open to his voice. When he instructs you, move. Be obedient. Move. It is better to move and miss God than to miss God by not moving. Because you've got to understand, when we're, when, we're working, when we're living our lives on this earth, you know, you know, when we go and we stand before God, we're going to be held accountable for what we didn't do, guys. For what he told us to do and what we didn't do. Amen. And, and so you, you want to make sure that you're obeying him when he And I'm going to tell you, that's, you know... Mastering and understanding his voice is one is the greatest thing that you can ever do in his life, in in your life. Amen. And you and you do that by spending time with him, guys, in his word, meditating on the word, praying in the spirit. If you're not spending time with him, you're not gonna know his voice. You know, I, I could I could call any of my children's name right now, standing up here, of course with a mic, but without the mic, and they would stop. Because I trained them as a little kid. You, I train them. When you hear my voice, you stop. Why do I do that? Because they're little kids, and I'm responsible for them as a parent. As a parent, I want to protect them, keep them safe. You know, and if, if they're walking and headed toward a curb, and, and and they're about to walk out in front of a car, and I see the car, they don't see the car, and I speak their name, they stop. But now, if they didn't hadn't been trained to stop, what happens? Oh, I know what I'm doing. I see where I'm going. Boom! Danger! Hey, takes them out. Same principle, guys. God's watching out for you. He's trying to stop you from stepping into danger. He's trying to stop you from going in this direction when he needs you over here. He, sometimes he's pulling with all his might. The Holy Spirit's working hard, guys. But you've got to learn to follow that unction. You know when you're about to step off into danger most of the time. Yeah. Not all the time, but most of the time you do. You be quick to obey that. Amen. Now, the fifth thing you need to do, guys, and this is one that's going to really hit home for you young folks. Not criticizing you young folks, but this hasn't been, hasn't been really emphasized in society today, is you got to strive for excellence. And the reason I put this one in here, number one, the Holy Spirit inspired it, but anybody in here that owns a small business understands the frustration right now of hiring people. It's hard. And it's not that, and it, there's a lot of variables into why that happens, guys. But we ha- when you hire these people today, there's no excellence in their attitude. And if you've got a detail-oriented job that you need them to do, if they don't have a heart for that excellence, I know Chad's back there shaking his head, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's, that drive isn't there. But look what I mean. Proverbs 11, well, I'll just read it. Proverbs eleven twenty-seven says, he, he who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. Now, basically, what is he saying there? We, we need to be constantly developing a lifestyle, seeking out what is good and pleasing to God. And guys, we need to be pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves. Let me tell you something. 
People always wonder, why does everybody act the way they are? You know, everything's just kind of so happy-go-lucky. And, and I'm talking about in society today. You know, there's just not any, you know, people are just doing a lot of crazy things, this, that, and other. And they're not, they, they, there's no resiliency. There's no hard work attitude. There's no, it's because we have a weak, weak people in our, in our, I'm talking about, in, let's just say the United States now, but it's all over the world right now. But what you got to understand, guys, is hard times build strong people. And this is not something new, guys. Study your history. This is just something that goes on. It comes in. It's like a roller coaster. This happens, and then it comes back, and it happens again. And Now, hard times get tough. Guess what? We have to get resilient. We have to learn to, to work hard and learn to grit, get some grit, you know, like the cowboys do, and, and get it done and, and take care of business because times are hard right now. But once we get through it and we get that resiliency, guess what? Now we've fought and we've gotten over it. Guess what? Times got easy then. Now we've got good times. Good times breed weak people. Not criticizing anybody in particular, but this is just simply truth. Why? Because they don't have to have a resilience. Everything's easy right now. They don't have to learn to work hard. Everything's easy. It's good times. Right now, I don't have to learn that attitude of excellence. I don't have to learn all because you know, everything's easy right now. I don't have to strive to be the best. Everything's easy. Strong times bring, I mean, hard times bring strong people. Weak times bring weak. I mean, good times bring weak people. And then that goes on for a cycle and eventually it'll get bad enough and we got to get strong again because the situations in life get hard. Life itself gets tough and we got to eventually stand up, learn how to get through these situations again, become strong again. Come on, it'll, it'll happen. This, this is just an ever going cycle. Amen. But guys, you got to learn to be the best that you can. Look for ways to, to challenge yourself. Yeah. Amen. See, don't be the one that's always looking for the way out. I had a guy that worked for me. Used to, oh, I had to let him go because, bless his heart, I could give him a 10-minute task and he would spend an hour to figure out the easiest way to do it. When if he'd have just got in there, got there, sometimes you got to work hard. Sometimes if he just got in there and took the shovel and dug the hole, he'd have been done in 15 minutes probably. But he'd stand there and wave, well, should we rent a tractor? Should we go get this? Can I go over to this job site, get this tractor brought over, blah, 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 blah. Don't be that person. Don't, guys, you need to learn to, to, to as believers, we, we need to be looking for things that, that put a demand on our lives so that we can learn and grow to be the best that we can be, guys. Because yeah. we are children of God. We, we should be held to a high standard. And when you learn to have a high standard in your everyday natural life, guys, that will roll over into your spiritual lives, which is where it's really, really important, guys, because that's where the standard gets dropped. Amen. Very important, guys. Very important, guys. All right. So now I'm, uh, all right, I'm closing with this one, I promise. All right. Proverbs, uh, the sixth one that you need to do is don't ever lose your passion for the word, guys. And this is important. Because there's a lot of a lot of believers that lose their passion, right? Proverbs 13, go over a few chapters. Proverbs 13, uh, beginning in verse 13. Read down about 15 or 16 there. All right, verse 13 says, "He who despises the word will be destroyed." Mm, that's pretty, pretty, pretty blunt there. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. 
Good understanding gains favor by the way of the, un, of, of the unfaithful is hard. Guys, it says he who despises the word will be destroyed. And guys, I see too many Christians fall into this in my life. Um, time in ministry, we've been doing this quite a long time. And you see Christians go through a cycle. They get saved. And what happens when you get saved? For the most part, people become sponges for information. I know what happened to me. I couldn't get enough. I wanted to read. The passion I had for the Word was unexplainable. It was just unexplainable. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be around people that I could, that could influence me, that could teach. And, and when you see people, they, they, when they get saved, they have this, such a passion. But then after about five or six years, that passion seems to drop. Not everybody. But for a lot of people, I've seen this many, 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 many times. And you hear them, you know. They, they, uh, I, I'm, I'm tired of studying. I don't want to read. You know, I got to work. I worked eight hours or ten hours a day. I don't want to read. I don't want to study. I don't want to. They've lost their passion. They've lost that desire. But guys, when you lose that desire, you begin to a place where you're despising the word. When you despise the word, guys, you're going to be destroyed. You know, when they got saved, they were, they were all in. You know, they were a sponge. They were buying Christian books. They were podcasts. They were, they were, they were in the church every time the door was cracked, right? And then, and, and, and when you talk to them, they just spoke. The word just oozed out of them because it was in them. It was a part of them. They weren't in the world. They were in, and guys, and now after a time, they get to this point where their passion drops. You, you hardly ever see them. Right. And when you talk to them, guys, you talk to them, they're talking defeat, they're talking worldly ways, worldly things, instead of talking Scripture, talking what belongs to them, talking who they are. Amen. And, and guys, this is important. Guys, this can happen to anybody if you allow that passion for God's Word to die out. Because that's what happens right there when they allow it to die out. Because they, what happens is they've allowed the devil to influence them. And this is important, guys. They've allowed the devil to influence them that the circumstances of life are more important than God and his word. And guys, you know, if this is you, you know, just check yourself, correct it. But you know what I'm talking about? I know you know somebody. Come on, that family's got four kids. I had seven kids. I don't want to hear it. But the family with four kids, you know, I got to get this one to soccer. I got to get this one to basketball. I got to get this one to the pageant. I got to get this one to the library. I got to pick them up from school. I just don't have time to read the word. I just, it's just not possible. What well, do you think God would make life that way? Right. Absolutely not. He wouldn't. But see, when you keep that passion, there's nothing wrong with the activities. Now, there are, you can go overboard with it, but there's nothing wrong with the activities. But what happens is when you stay close to God and you stay connected to him and you stay connected and his favor is operating in your life, you can get this one there, that one there, this one over there, back here to that one, glory to God, and still have the peace of God, the joy of God in your life. Supernatural treatment will be going on to just make it easy for you to do all of those things, guys. But don't let that passion die because if it dies, then you will be destroyed. In other words, it's going to be tough on you. You're going to be doing it all in your own strength, guys. And this is a big one, guys, because people, so many people in today's society, their jobs are more important. Now, you know I'm not preaching against your job. You've got to have your job, guys. But if your job is, is killing you to the point where God's not a priority in your life, well, you're not doing some things right. 
Because if you keep him first place and his favor is operating in your life, you can have a job working 80 hours a week and he'll still give you supernatural strength to spend the time with him, to get to his house. And guys, it's really sad, but a lot of people even let their hobbies become a bigger priority. Guys, don't, don't let this happen. Don't let, there's a reason God established the church. And it's for your benefit so that you can gain and be edified and be taught and be brought up to fulfill what he's called you to do. Guys, take advantage of it. Don't fall into the what the world says is the way you should live and the world says and the things that you should and shouldn't do. Glory to God. Do what the word of God says. Glory to God. Listen, good understanding gives favor. That's what it says right there. Good understanding. The more we understand God's ways, the more you're going to walk in God's favor. It's just that simple, guys. Just that simple. I'm going to close with that. I won't go any further there so we can get on out. Guys, thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope you guys got something. We look forward to being out there with you. Let's go ahead and pray.